Hey everyone, this is Krista Von Traeger. I get a lot of questions about my views of women in ministry, women in the church, uh, husband-wife relationships. Um, you know, a lot of people want to know what my position is on certain things. So I thought I would just share a little bit about my own journey and my views. It's not going to be a detailed video, but I can refer you to some resources if you would like to study these matters further. When I first started seminary back in the early 90s, um, I really had only ever been exposed to the traditional hierarchical or what's now called the complementarian position. It wasn't until seminary that I even knew that there was a point of view. I didn't know that what these names were or anything about them was all very new. But one of the very first classes I took in seminary was a women in ministry class. And we read uh, works by both of the views. And I have to admit at that time, I did not find that class particularly helpful. I found it extremely confusing because there just seemed to be evidence on both sides. You read one book uh, promoting one perspective and you're like, okay, yeah, I can kind of see those arguments. Then you read a book from another perspective and it's like, yeah, those arguments, that seems really good. But I, I didn't know enough to be able to weigh out these these different arguments to know which is better, which has better evidence, better weight, better interpretation. I, I just really wasn't as a 25-year-old in a position to know. So I continued to study and I probably read about 10,000 pages on issues related to women in ministry and Christian perspectives on women and gender issues. And after all of the 10,000 pages and probably 20, approaching 25 years of reading and thinking about this issue, this is kind of what it comes down to for me, is on one side of the column is the complementarian or some version of the traditional position, the hierarchical position. In that view, um, hierarchy is seen as being part of the created order that the way that God intended to create man and woman from the beginning is that the man would be the leader or the, whatever you want to call him, the, the authority over the woman. On the other side of the column, you have the egalitarians and, or what is sometimes called evangelical feminism. And, on, and in their view, it could be summarized as the part of the created order is that man and women are both created in the image of God and they were created to co-reign and rule the earth together to multiply and fill the earth and so then what we see is hierarchicalism or patriarchy is really a result of the fall it's not a part of the created order it's a part of the corrupt order it's part of the sinful uh, the result of sinful human nature and then what we see in the life and ministry of Jesus is kind of a restoration or a redemption of man and woman. And so that in the Great Commission, men and women are sent out into all the earth to preach the gospel. I think one of the key passages supporting this position, and I'm not going to go into a lot of detail on a whole bunch of passages, I'm just going to look at one, and that is Luke chapter 10. When we see Luke chapter 10 at the beginning, we see the sending out of 72. And these 72 are nameless disciples. We don't know who they are. Uh, the scripture doesn't tell us. But they were 72 who were commissioned, just like the 12, to cast out demons, to heal the sick, and to take the gospel out into the world. What I find interesting is right after the 72 uh, 
come back. Then we have this incident at the home of Mary and Martha. And Jesus and his disciples were on their way, and he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. And Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken from her. Now, many people think that this is a story about house cleaning and uh, hospitality. And I actually don't think that that's the point of this story. I think that what Jesus is calling our attention to is caught in this phrase where Mary sat at the Lord's feet. We have this picture of that she's just sort of wrapped up in his words and, and she's attending to him. But really this is a euphemism for what disciples would do in the first century. They would sit at their rabbi's feet and learn. And I think that what this is telling us very plainly is that right after the 72 come back, that women can even be part of being disciples. They are called to be disciples and that this is a noble calling that Mary has entered into that she is sitting at the feet of the rabbi, just like the other disciples. And that the traditional calling of Martha in the role of hospitality, there's nothing wrong with that, but that being a disciple is an even better way of serving the Lord. We see in Acts chapter 2 that men and women are both given the Holy Spirit. We see in 1 Corinthians that all believers have spiritual gifts. And what I think that all of that points to in that scenario understood from the egalitarian position is that through the words and works of Jesus, the redemption of Jesus, the, there's a, a sense in which Eden has been restored, or at least the potential for men and women to rule and reign together in bringing the kingdom of God to the ends of the earth. After reading thousands and thousands of pages and studying this for two decades, is is the hierarchy of the man a part of the created order or is it a result of the fall? That's really the question that has to be answered. I have come into the, the position that hierarchy or patriarchy is a result of the fall and that in Jesus, he begins that renewal and restoration process. And that so what we are to do is to strive in the body of Christ to focus on our gifts, focus on what the Holy Spirit has gifted each and every one of us to do in the church and not to get caught up in the names and the titles and, and all of that, but really focusing on empowering and gifting um, all Christians, wherever they may be in the way that the Holy Spirit has empowered them and then releasing them to minister to the body of Christ and to bring the gospel to the ends of the earth. That's my view. Um, you know, whether or not that offers a detailed exegesis of every problematic passage in Paul, that is not something I'm going to answer here. But that is the big picture of my view and what I have walked into and I use as my guiding principle when I think about issues related to relationships between men and women in ministry and also uh, husband and wife relationships together in marriage. That husbands and wives together support each other in their development of their spiritual gifts and preaching 
the good news, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, living in their kingdom calling and going there together and helping one another and empowering one another and supporting one another. I hope this helps you to think about these matters more. If you'd like more information, there's lots of good books out there on the various points of view. One really good one that I enjoyed that I got a lot out of was um, by my friend Sarah Sumner called Men and Women in Ministry. You might also check out the works of Carolyn Custis James. I found her books to be very helpful, but there's a lot of great works out there on this issue. I hope you found this helpful and I do look forward to your comments. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.